0: Wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Will Moala. I'm the pastor of the Paravisa Angola Seventh Adventist Churches in South Australia. Thank you for joining us today. This week's theme, our theme for this week, is God is good. How God led me. So that's our theme. We're we're going to be praising God this whole week here at Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with the theme God is good. How God led me. And today, my co-host and I, we are looking at the specific topic: lessons from our spiritual journey. So we're going to let you, we're going to share a little bit from our personal journey of faith, how how we come to know the Lord, myself and my co-host in the studio with me, which is a good segue to introduce my co-host. My co-host today is none other than Pastor Joseph Matich, who is the current secretary of the Adventist churches in South Australia. And Pastor Joseph, it's uh, always good to have you in the studio. How are you, Will? I'm doing very well and, uh, the weather's pretty warm in South Australia this time of the year, as it would, would be across the country. But yeah, life is good. Yeah. Yes. Life is good. So, um, so yeah, looking forward to unpacking this, uh, and I I like this thing because, you know, depending on the week, we have pretty, you Mm. know, some pretty, um, pretty heavy topics and, you know, ones that we really need to kind of uh, prayerfully, um, you know, uh, go about it. But this one, it's more of a, where we get a chance, I would say, uh, Pastor Joseph, to share what the Lord has done in our journey. And uh, not just for you and uh, I today, but for the rest of our team, where, mm. we're all going to be, I guess, yeah, just sharing of how God's affected our lives and and. And the things that have happened along our journey. And so, um, that's what we're going to be looking at, looking at as the theme. God is good. How God led me. And particularly for today, Joseph, how God led us. Mm, We're both, we're both pastors in the Seventh Adventist Church and, um, and, you know, uh, people's journey to faith and even into ministry can be quite varied and different. Yes. But, um, there is the same God. And, and, um, so I'm looking forward to hearing, um, you share as well, Pastor Joseph. And, um, yeah, we'll be both beginning to share a bit, um, today as well. And we would love for, um, our listeners to engage with us in today's program. Obviously, as you would know, our regular listeners, we like to, uh, going to be promoting a book offer in a few moments time, but, um, yeah, please engage with us if there's a question or something you're hearing us saying and you want to kind of respond, say, Yeah, I agree with that, I disagree with that. You know, what about this? What about that? We'd love to get you in on the conversation too. So why don't you we might just throw the number out there right now at the Good top idea. of the show. Yep. Zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. That's zero four triple eight eight. 0811. Send us your text. Send us your text, questions, um, how you liking the show, just feedback as you're listening to us. We'd love to hear from you because we do this show for you, especially our listeners out there today.
1: And so, Will, Will, we're going in it, national. I know you said it's, it's warm. yeah, uh, you know, it may not be quite warm everywhere. Might, yeah, you know? that's I right. I think of people who might be tuning in in Tasmania. It's, it's still quite cool down yeah. there and yes, in some parts. So, so it's not. It's not hot everywhere, It's, it's, a, it's a big country weather. Got to, got, you have to remember, Australia is a large continent and there's a lot of variety. So we've got to be cautious about commenting about we the weather because it might be, it w- can w- be hot here and, and not cold over so one place. Yeah. Dry in one spot, pouring rain All in right. another spot. So, right. <laughs> uh, regardless of that, though, what is common is the um, the fact that the Faith FM network is national and um, Amen to that. the opportunity to um, be here on drive time. Amen
0: to that. Well, we're going to be um, looking at uh, our World Watch segment at this time of the hour before we get to some music and our book offer. So, what I decided we would look at today, uh, Joseph, is um, as everyone's probably um, aware of, maybe even watching, is the World Cup, um, the Uh, the FIFA World Cup. Yes. And um, as some of you know, as we're going live today, that unfortunately, Australia got beat um you know in just the last day or two against uh, I think it was Argentina That's right. Yep. So um yeah I was able to catch a couple of highlights online um so yeah I know that there's some people out there who pretty much devastated about mm. that that outcome so um so we just yeah look Australia they did their best efforts but unfortunately they got beat by the better team by Argentina and so um yeah. So as far as Australia is concerned, you know, we've got a bit of, um, reflecting to do <laughs> and, uh, building up, um, as the days go ahead. But I wanted to take a different angle on this, um, on this article, Pastor Joseph, because the article I want to share with our listeners today, it's from the Christian Post, uh, ChristianPost.com, actually. And the article was just put up just, uh, yeah, just, uh, just recently, a few days ago. And the, um, the article was, posted on November 22nd, and it's by a Mr. Ian Giatti. I think his name is pronounced. He's a Christian post reporter, and the article is on the World Cup, but with a bit of a religious slant on it. And the article title is this, Qatar World Cup, what Christians should know before traveling to the Islamic country. Mm. So uh, probably this is if you were in, if you're over there well this may not be as applicable to you but but the point is um yeah the article is saying hey before you endeavor to go over there for the world cup just be mindful that there's some things you should be aware of particularly of it being a islamic country so i'm not going to read the whole article um today joseph but uh, i will read probably a couple of snippets from it and um yeah let, let's 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 probably dialogue and uh, some of these um Statements here on this article. It says the 2022 World Cup in Qatar is officially underway, even as some fans are scrambling to understand the customs and laws of the Sunni Muslim nation. Officials stunned the FIFA World two days before kickoff when officials announced all alcohol sales would be prohibited at all eight of Qatar's World Cup stadiums. But while alcohol is tightly regulated in Qatar, it's far from the most controversial regulation. In an advisory, the U.S. State Department warned any Americans traveling to Qatar to abide by several laws in an Islamic country that could result in jail time. Reminding citizens that the, quote, First Amendment protections of the U.S. Constitution do not apply to U.S. citizens outside of the United States, end of quote, officials warned Americans against, and I guess this applies to anyone really from the West heading in there, it warned against Americans against engaging in any form of assembly or protest. The State Department also urged travelers to avoid quote religious proselytizing or advocacy of atheism and speech critical of the government of Qatar or the religion of Islam in the quote while in the country all of which may be criminally prosecuted. I'll read a little bit more Joseph here your thoughts on it. It says according to Addison Parker of the U.S.-based watchdog group International Christian Concern, even wearing the wrong kind of jewelry could be perceived as proselytizing. For in The quote says this. It says, um, quote, For example, if wearing a cross necklace, one should be mindful of how that simple act might be perceived as an attempt of sharing the gospel, Parker told the Christian Post. Quote, Parker goes on to say, quote, If a person stays within the Christian expat circles, the freedoms are a bit wider, albeit still restricted. Goes on to say, If someone understands what the government does not want, which is conversion, then it is easier to avoid situations where one could be accused of such activities. Uh, I'll probably read a little bit more. It says, With most citizens identifying as Sunni or Sunni Muslims, Qatar is a nation whose laws and customs are rooted in the Quran and the Hadith the sayings of Muhammad. However, Qatar is considered less conservative than other Islamic nations like uh, Saudi Arabia. So, you know, there's a bit more going on there. There's a little bit further down in the article, Joseph. It talks about, you know, um, alcohol is is not really openly um, promoted, but it's not illegal. So the gist of the article is, hey, if you're a Westerner heading into Qatar, just be mindful of where you're going. I guess that's the general thrust of, of the article. And, um, and just going back to another quote, um, there's another fella here in the article. His name is Richard Gehazi. He's executive director, director for In Defense of Christians, uh, also known as IDC, a global human rights and advocacy group. He told Christian Post that anyone caught engaging in any type of proselytizing could face severe consequences. And then Richard is quoted as saying, quote, while the practice of Christianity is nominally allowed... There is to be no outward expression of any faith other than Islam, Ghazi said. He goes on to say, proselytizing any faith other than Islam is strictly prohibited and could carry a heavy penalty, uh, "Quote," uh, end of quote, as severe as death, although that remains unlikely. So there's a bit more in there, but I guess it's a bit of common sense. You know, Mm. I remember when we went on a Bible lands trip, I mean, Bible lands meaning we went on a, a, a tour for four or five weeks. We went to certain parts of the Middle East, went to Iran, Turkey, you know, R- Rome, Greece and all that stuff. But particularly when we went to these Middle Eastern countries, you know, our our tour guys, even the guys, you know, our main leader within our group mm. just, just kind of gave us a heads up, you yeah. know, certain attire, especially in the Middle Eastern countries. You know, my wife and, and the women obviously had to wear the yeah. the veil, you know, covering their head and that type of thing. Um So, I think a little bit of it is common sense. And, uh, but I think if you're actually going as a believer to actually be, I guess, with a sole intent of, you know, of being a missionary, Mm. then be very, very careful because, Mm. you know, if you, if they get wind of it, you know, you could be in some hot water there. So, I don't know. I just thought it was an article that kind of, Gave a different spin on the World Cup. There is probably people there celebrating and, you know, you know having a good time over there. But um, just be mindful that they are cu- going to a country that is not like America. It's not like Australia, these no. Western countries. No. Yeah. Especially in the Middle East, in some of the Islamic countries, they operate under different set of rules. Yes. And customs. Yes. So, um, what do you think of the article? Do you think there is some there is some, some something that you agree with, or, you know, about make sure, you know, you go to these countries, don't, don't go there and don't, you know, go around and, well, obviously, you know, we want to be true to what God does, you know, like we don't want to, I guess, you know, Jesus says, let a light shine, but, but the point of the article is just make sure, you make sure that what you're doing is, you're doing it within the, well, in the government size that you're not overstepping the boundaries in terms of That's proselytizing right. and, and all these other things. Um, so, yeah,
1: I, I think it um, <clears throat> highlights for us, Will, that we still have a number of countries where it's not, where Christianity is not completely open and free to be able to be shared. Yeah. Um, and uh, whilst here in our country we are still fortunate to be able to speak and share quite openly and to certainly to people that uh, are able to be evangelized pros- yeah. we can proselytize there is no no fear of that uh, we we have to be mindful of that that 's not the case in everywhere in the world and yeah particularly Christian believers in some parts of the world are are uh, finding life tough, uh, finding it hard to, for them to be able to share, particularly to share their faith. Um, and to an extent here, I guess, to, to practice it, although it does acknowledge here that Christianity, uh, according to the State Department officials for Qatar, that Christianity, along with Islam, are the only religions officially registered in Qatar and yeah. they're allowed to have their own places of worship. However, um, yeah, there are restrictions. There are certainly some things, you know, such as some of the dress uh dress decorum that that you refer to there that's quite a that, that's you know here in australia i mean you can wear anything and um, there's there's certainly none, none of those kind of guidelines really yeah. and um to think that at the moment uh, right over there uh the world cup that's going on yeah um considered the greatest the the largest sporting event in the world yeah um the eyes of the world are on qatar um and just as a quick aside um there's been some reports coming out of potential uh, human rights you know human rights issues human rights abuses uh, people not being treated as as fairly and uh workers perhaps not uh, not not treated properly yeah. employees etc um that's that's led to some of the sports stars, the soccer stars, sort of wanting to speak out a bit about yeah. that. And this is where you're starting to get sport and politics, um, you know, mixing a little bit here, but uh, using using that forum to, to raise issues. And what, what you identified here, Will, quite pertinently for us here on Faith FM, is the fact that, um, yeah, we have a country here that's currently you know in the spotlight um, where the eyes of the world are on it, because of this, um, you know, big soccer tournament, football tournament. Yet, um, yeah, we at the same time need to be aware that there is, there are, there are some difficulties for people who might want to uh, share their faith. And yeah, you're right. Whenever you're going somewhere else, yeah. it's a privilege, not a right. Yeah, and uh, you're a visitor Spoiler. there. And I think there needs to be a level of respect. Yeah, um, and. Uh, Yeah, a level of respect and a willingness to understand what, what it, what the culture is and what the requirements are of the place where you're going. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I
0: just thought we'd share that article with our listeners out there today. Just uh, if you've
1: got friends or family that might still be over there for the World Cup, send, send them a message to be careful, eh? Yeah, send
0: them a text. <laughs> but I think more seriously,
1: it's a case of, yeah, let's pray for um, people that are in, in places like Guitar play and, yeah. and other places where um, it's difficult yeah. to actually to act, to good actively point, Dad, practice your faith.
0: Very thanks for uh reminding me, um, Pastor Joseph, Because in the article, it actually says that Qatar ranks as the 18th worst country when it comes to Christian persecution, mm. according to Open Doors USA's 2022 World Watch list. Um, so yeah, I that's a good point to kind of end this article on is that you know, the, the regardless of the sporting event, there are some parts of the world where if you're a Christian. Particularly in some of these countries in the Middle East, it's um, you know your your life could be in jeopardy, and so um, we just want to let our listeners out. Let um, yeah, just to let our listeners out there know about what's going on there in the World Cup. And uh, yes, it's in a you know it's an Islamic country, and um, it, I guess the highlight really is just to be aware of where you are in yep. this in the part of the world that you are going to traveling to. And, uh, you know, seeking to spend some time in. And uh, so, hope you enjoyed that article. And uh, just in light of um, the World Cup that's currently, yeah, being played over there in in guitar. So, hope you enjoyed the article. Hey, so we're going to switch gears now. We're going to go to a song. But just before we do that, we'd like to promote our free book offer for you, our f- faithful listeners out there. Um, the book that we are offering today is the book called Changed for life and it's really in line with our theme for this week. So the book change for life real lives in a real world. And so change for life it's about you and how God desires to change you and change us actually today for eternity. Change is possible because it's all about God. And so it's part of a uh, changed series books. It's actually the fourth part of the change series book. But if you would like a free copy, hey, we'd love to give you a free copy. All you need to do is text the code word into the studio. SA84. No spaces between. That's SA eight four. To our number here in the studio, 0488 8081. And our friendly bot will get in touch with you and we'll get that book out to you as soon as possible. So one more time, the book Change for Life. If you'd like a free copy, please text us here in the studio, SA eight four to the number zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one and we will get that book out to you as soon as possible. Please don't go away. We'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q and A. Was Meredith James with the song The Goodness of God. you listen to Faith FM Drive Time, BQ&A with myself Pastor Will Moala and my co-host today in the studio, Pastor Joseph Matichich who is the Secretary of the Seminary Venice Churches in South Australia. If you've just joined us, our theme for this week is God is good, how God led me. And today, my co-host Joseph and I, we are looking at the question. Well, it's not really a question. Our topic is lessons from our spiritual journey. So myself and Pastor Joseph, yeah, we're going to share a little bit, I guess, of our spiritual journey and not just ourselves, but the rest of our Faith FM uh, Drive Time team for the rest of this week. So please tune in if you want to hear a bit of the background story of the presenters here on Drive Time. We're going to be unpacking a little bit of that on our theme today. So Pastor Joseph... Um. Why don't you kick it off and share a bit of your spiritual journey? I'll share a bit from my journey as mm. well. And then after the break, we might land on maybe some lessons.
1: I guess we've sounds learned good. from our journeys. That sounds like a good idea. Thank you, Will. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting this this topic as I uh, think about it. Um, lessons that we've learned in our, our spiritual journey. Um, the, the fact is, we all have a story. Yeah. And um, maybe what I want to say right from the outset, Will, is this, that um, uh, even, you know, anyone that might be listening might might be thinking, um, well, I don't, yeah, I I don't have anything dramatic that's happened in my life. I, um, you know, I'm aware of some people who've had dramatic stuff happen. I I want to say that doesn't matter. You know, we each have our own experience, and we need to acknowledge that. And, um what What ultimately comes down to is um, yeah your faith commitment to God and um I say that because that 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 was something that probably gnawed away at me right for for a long time I'd hear um, of you know some dramatic conversions dramatic answers to prayer and uh, people really hearing the voice of God and all this kind of stuff yeah. and, and I thought I kind of had missed out on all of that um but i've I have come to fully accept that in no way is my experience anyway less uh, less less valid. Um, my story begins uh, with me being um, uh, the son of immigrant parents, uh, migrated from uh, Eastern Europe. Um, my father wanted particularly to come to Australia, uh, seeking a better life. He had had a tough upbringing. He um, uh, he ha- ha- he was always very um, sincere about faith, uh, but he. Uh, came to understand the truths of the Bible and he'd been initially raised as an Orthodox but when he came to understand the truths of the Bible he uh, c- committed his uh, life to, to follow the Bible and its teachings but what it meant is that he, um, his family essentially disowned him and he um, wow. uh, subsequently married my mum and um, as I said my dad really wanted a better life. He came to Australia and um, I was born here not long after they arrived um, and um, I want to pay tribute to my, my godly parents uh, for for their up, upbringing, um, and uh, for the foundation that they gave me in uh, in the Bible, in in God's Word, in faith, in Scripture, and in the commitment and, and, and following Him. Um, I um, went to a I went to public schooling right for my primary and secondary education, and. For me, that meant that I had to, I guess, es- establish my faith. So, you know, I had to stand up for who I was and for, w- for what was, I believed. Was that
0: whereabouts in?
1: So, this was in Queensland. Oh, uh, Queensland. This was in Queensland. Yeah, up in Queensland. And, um, yeah, um, I, it was a, a, a little country primary school literally across, over the fence from our property. Um, wow. right, right next door, yeah. Um I I had a um an experience, will, when I was uh, yeah uh, a young man, young boy, I should say, at yeah, twelve, um, where and I won't go, I, I won't uh, take up the time now, but essentially, um, God answered a specific prayer of mine in such a way that um meant th- that I really recognised that God God was really real. Um, it was it was to do with um our school was heading off on a uh, and a trip excursion uh, to the theme parks on the Gold Coast, yeah. and um, that was going to be across um, yeah, across the Sabbath. And I was, um, yeah, a Seventh-day Adventist. I I was not. I realised well, I wouldn't be able to go. Yeah. And I shared that with the with the school teacher. Um, uh, it was a one one teacher school, uh, one or two teacher, but yeah, you know, the teacher principal of, of the school. And I, I just recognised, well, okay, unfortunately, I won't be able to go. However, um, I yeah still deep down would have wanted to have and I prayed, and they ended up um, the entire school rearranged their program so that I would be able to be back in time for the sabbath um, wow. and i 'll never forget that that to me uh, y- imagine how significant that is yeah. uh, for a for a twelve year old um, and so that 's yeah. ever been etched in my yeah. mind to yeah. know that God is real god answers and um, and so that really you know, solidified my faith and um, when i um uh, I was baptised um, when I was 15 years of old, 15 years of age, and I was involved in a local church. And one of the, I was quite actively involved, and that really gave me lots of opportunities. There was lots, oh. of, lots of public speaking, a lot of um, opportunities to speak up the front, which gave me a desire to to want to consider doing this, uh, you know, as um as a pastor. Really, it did, and now. I thought of that, and people were encouraging me towards that end. But I thought, nah, that's yeah, you know, that, that's for the older people. You know, I'm, I'm young. <laughs> I want to do fun things. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and so, I, um, as I was finishing high school um, and thinking towards university, um, I was accepted for um, mechanical engineering at university. And it was at that point that a, a family friend, a, you know, it was a, it was a like a, almost like an elderly mentor to me, Will. Yeah. And he said to me, said, "Look, you know, you do sense a calling to ministry. You you, you have the gifts and the talents towards it. Um, why not? Why not get into it straight away and give the best of your life towards that and and commit it to God? And that was that was a significant conversation right. because from that I chose that I would not pursue mechanical engineering but I would uh, enrol in um, theology to prepare for pastoral ministry and um, and that's what I've done. Um, and um, I was very young when I went through that but I, I grew a lot, I learnt a lot. It's interesting, Will, uh, as I look back on that um, and you, you might be able to identify a little bit in, in a sense but um, you, through your theological training you, you become... Uh, you You have a group of colleagues and friends you become yeah. friends with your your fellow students yeah. fellow yeah. classmates yeah and um of the the classmates that i went through by far the vast majority um, have not only not committed to the um, to stay in ministry but they don 't even have an active faith in god and uh-huh. um yeah i 've reflected on that and I thought well, what is it you know what is it about me and i and i Part of the thing I think I identify is for a lot of them, they, they had very varied and tough experiences, but um, probably um, the challenge was to not just to, to learn about God, but to know him. And I want to throw in a text at this yeah. point, and I, I I was going to share more later but um, about it. Philippians chapter 3, uh, in Philippians chapter 3, it talks there about uh, where the Apostle Paul says, that I may know Him. Yeah. yeah. He's referring to yeah. wanting to know Jesus. I want to know Christ, yes, and to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of them, that I may know Him. That's uh, yeah, that, that's, that's the key. And, and just earlier in that passage, Paul is sharing a little bit about his own experience, about how he was um, essentially a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was an extremely religious person, Will. Yeah. And, um he uh yeah he thought he had it all together until he met Christ and realized that all that was rubbish or garbage I think actually as it puts it in the text to um to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Jesus and so the th- the, 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 signi- the and this this is something I want to bring out a bit later on but the key thing is it's not it's not a matter of us having a nominal faith or having a, professing a religion or having our names on a roll of a uh, church roll. It's important that we actually have uh, yeah. a, an active a real, faith, yeah. a real faith, and that we actually know, know God for ourselves, not just about Him. That's right. Ministry has taken me, Will, so I've, I've had the real privilege of being able to serve in a number of places a uh, few different states around Australia, um, and even overseas. I, my wife and I uh, were given the opportunity to, to live and to work in Albania, and uh, that was an incredible experience. Now, some maybe some of our listeners don't know where Albania is. Albania. Do you know where Albania is? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to ask me. That. <laughs> Sorry, I won't. I will embarrass you. Uh, but look, that's that's. Uh, it's not to embarrass you at all. Albania is not really that well known. It's, it's quite an obscure country. It's actually in Europe. And it's one of the poorest nations in Europe. It's um, yeah, borders Greece uh, below, below Macedonia, um, uh, sort of across the water from from Italy. Little country tucked in there uh, near the Mediterranean. And we had the privilege of being able to to work there uh, for three years. Will wow, and, three um, years long. Yeah, w- w- Albania had come out of communism, and uh, it was it was rapidly changing. It, it had been a very very. A very impoverished country, really run down during communism, um, sadly. Very run down. Its healthcare system was next to nothing. Its hospitals were terrible. A lot of poverty. Um, Communism then fell. Um, The new leadership, the the fledgling democracy was really weak and unstable. There was a lot of corruption. And... um, yeah, it was a. It, now we we hadn't stepped straight away into that. We came some years later. Right. Things were starting to stabilise. Things were starting to improve. However, so, um, the influence of Western secularism was already rapidly encroaching too, and so it was a challenge to uh, to be a Christian and to actively share faith. Yeah, and that's what we were essentially we we were there to work with our uh, young church group and our ch- young church leaders to mentor and train and support them as well as to help equip them to, to reach their communities. Right. And um, uh, but yeah, it was it was an interesting time. Look, we was yeah, we we were, we were there. We we um, we're a long way from home. We did feel a little bit of homesickness. Yeah. Um. And it was a it was a bit of a mixed experience. Um, I mean, some of the locals there sort of questioned why we were there and yep. thought that we ha- we were lucky because we had a Western passport and things like that. So we had some things to to yep. deal with and, and process through. Did but you ever get to pick up the language a bit there or not? I did. Not really? No, I did, did. I did. And by the end, I was able to speak in it reasonably well. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now I love languages. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we had some language classes initially, and then just mixing with the locals. Yeah. Um, and um, um, I even though it was a uh, mixed experience for us in the sense that we, yeah, uh, we felt a bit homesick and we we, we ended up choosing to, to leave, I um, have no regrets whatsoever about our time there. Right. And um, it's given me a real heart and one day, God willing, um, yeah, we, you know, when I say we, my wife and I are open to to that opportun- some yeah. opportunity of mission service somewhere overseas again, Um. We returned to Australia, and I was able to um, to serve in a church in New South Wales for a number of years. Blessed with a great congregation, very talented people, and um, and then God called us to uh, to Adelaide, to South yeah. Australia, into an, an administration role, uh, very different role, and um, one that I've had the privilege of serving for the, these last eight years. Eight years a long and, time. Um, it, it's been a, it's been a significant. But what's fascinating is through this. Um, I've been able to work with um, um, really great people, and one of the things that I've really learned from all of this, Will, is that um, wherever I have been, God has placed people in my path that I've been able to um, uh, learn from and and be be, be blessed by, and um, yeah, that's that's been an absolute privilege. That that I'm going to stop there just for a time being, and yeah, wanna give you a chance to share.
0: Yeah. Um- yeah, so th- thanks for sharing, Pastor Joseph. Um, yeah, look, I guess in the little time I have, I guess the way I kind of visualize it in my mind in, um, you know, kind of sharing your testimony of faith is, I guess, super simple is my life before Jesus, how I met Jesus, uh-huh. and my life now, and yeah. I think that's really the, the big part of it. So really quick, I kind of like bullet point form, I was born in a, uh, born in Sydney. Um, I'm the eldest of four, so I've got two younger brothers and a younger sister. Um, so my parents are from Tonga, from from the Pacific, and so they immigrated to Australia in the late 70s, around that time. Um, so, yeah, me and my siblings, um, they're all still in Sydney to this day. So I guess the whole God factor for me, um, if I could fast forward, it really started when I was 16. Uh-huh. So I've, I've kind of gone by my, my early childhood years, but really what really stands out for me, a critical time in my Kind of development was well, sixteen. Um, so um, my little sister was born at that, in that year, nineteen ninety six. So I was sixteen at the time. So if you do the math, you know I'm over forty years old. But at the time, sixteen, Layla was born, and uh, I guess why that's pivotal for me is that we didn't go up to go to church any time up until then. Right. Mum and dad never never really went to church. My dad, my grandparents, and my dad's side were pretty religious, but by and large, never really went to church, did the church thing. So when my sister was born in nineteen ninety six, we took her back to our Tongan Church in Sydney, the the Methodist Church, yep. for her to get christened, or yeah, um, that's really what started us going back to church. Okay, right. So I'm 16 years old. We're going back to church, and what we thought was just a one day event, um, you know, met so many of uh, relatives and cousins uh-huh, and all this uh-huh. stuff. And before we knew it, we were just pretty much going to church every week. Sure. And uh, I guess, but part of that story was. Um, my cousin there at the time, he was a couple of years younger than me. Um, he was actually part of a group that was kind of hanging around in Sydney because the, the church where we were going to was Ashfield and a couple of suburbs down in, in the west of Sydney is Burwood. And in the 90s, Burwood kind of had a reputation where all the Tongans were kind of hanging out, all the, all the young guys. So just to kind of let you know, Joe, and to our listeners out there, some of them who are around my age, who even knew Sydney in this time, mm. in the 90s, and I think it's still kind of to this day. Depending on the geographical area of of where people live, there were certain groups that kind of hung around. So, Bird in the 90s kind of had a reputation of where the the Burl boys as as I'll call. <laughs> I know it's a bit comical to think of it like this, but that's
1: how it was back then. So, when you say they're hanging around, they're, they weren't just hanging around, twiddling their thumbs No, or, they weren't hanging or, around. No. Sipping, sipping drinks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. they Well, there they was a whole group of them, and uh, Burl Park is where they kind of hung out, Uh right on Burlwood Road, right opposite the Westfield, but... I initially thought it was just kind of, they were just kind of hanging around, just, you know, just, you know, they were getting the drinking, the kind of things that I kind of wasn't really doing at the time. Okay. But, look, long story short, Joseph, from 16 to 21 years old, um, in my age, when I was growing up with them, long story short, I met the Bell boys. Some of them were older, and Mm -hmm. they were getting into some more serious crime. Some of them were doing drugs at King's Cross and stuff like that. Some of them were robbing back. I'm telling you, they- Whatever they were doing, they were doing it, and some of them were on that extreme. Right. Some within the group weren't really into it, but they were just part of the group. Yeah. My cousin was kind of the neutral one. He knew them. He was part of them, but he didn't really get into that really extreme, excessive stuff because he was v- quite successful at rugby as well. So here's the thing, Joseph. I met the boys without – pretty much I got into some of this, this duck Behave, stuff. Yeah, ducks, yeah. Yep, yep. To the point where – um, um. I really praise God. I was not locked up. You know, mm. That's a whole other story. Yeah, but unfortunately, my younger brother Josh he got sentenced and he went to jail. My younger brother got was serving time in a juvenile uh, center there in Campbelltown. So he, here's the thing. I'm saying all this to say this, Joseph. I'm 21. I'm in Sydney. I don't have a job. I'm just partying. I'm every, I was doing everything that the boys were doing. A bit aimless. No perhaps? purpose. My, my existence was getting drunk, uh-huh. getting high, yep. doing crime, yep. getting into trouble. It was that type of thing. Right. And no no aim or purpose. And if it wasn't, look, I think after the break, we're going to talk about lessons, but my family, my mother especially, played a huge role. Ah. Um, what did she got, do? She basically sent me to Tonga, which is ah. back in the Pacific. Okay. So, she which got you out of that environment. She, yeah. She broke the... And it's a bit of a thing within Polynesian cultural families is that if if the kids play up here, they send them back to the islands. Okay. Kind of like uh, Guantanamo Bay type of thing, <laughs> okay. because they, you know, it's kind of like the hard life there. You know, discipline. You know, they don't lack any of that there. You know. <laughs> so anyway, I get sent there. I'm thinking I'm going there. F- Look, I'm giving you the real quick version. I thought I was going for a week. Yep. My mum said I had to go with a for a funeral. My grandmother's sister passed away. So I'm thinking 21 years old, I'm going for about a week and And, a half. And you'll be back? And I'll be back. This is January 2021. And the reason I know this timeline like the back of my hand, because February 2021 was my 21st birthday. So I thought to myself, hey, I'll go to Tonga for a week. Yeah, uh, 2001. Yeah, that's right. Not 21. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought I'd go for uh, for about a week, go and see the relatives, come back, have a big 21st party. So anyway... I go to Tonga after the funeral. My mum says, no, oh. the real reason is I need you to stay here. Oh, no. And, you know, looking back, uh, this was really the turning point for yeah. me because at the time I did not want to stay there, Joseph, but here's the whole thing that really did it for me. I'm in Tonga, four months elapsed. This is from January 20, 2001. In May of 2001, I'm in a place by myself. My mum sorted out apartment for me to stay because I didn't want to stay with my relatives. I go to the store to buy some food one night and the front page of the paper basically was about a crime that happened in Sydney. Uh. My tongue is not that good to read but I I thought I could read who was involved. So I grabbed the paper, it was only a dollar and I opened the front, I opened the page and it talked about two carloads that went to um, rob a particular place in Sydney. They all got arrested, seven of them. Two carloads. It's a whole other story but I was reading the very names, I kid you not. These were the names of All the boys in build that you were in. I was literally with with them every day. Wow! Literally to the day. I haven't told you the story how my mum kind of got me out of build, but here is the thing: I am reading this in Tonga, and I got mixed emotions. I am like, why? Like, I wanted to cry. I was upset, but you know what happened, uh, Joseph? This is really where God came in my life. I went back home. And I climbed on top of the water tank that was attached to my house, looked out at the stars that night, and 21 years old, broken. I mean, I'm far from my family. Yeah, and all yeah. these mixed emotions yeah. came at once, and this is what happened for me. This is my God moment. I looked out at the stars that night, and there was gazillion of them. It yeah. was such a beautiful night. And somewhere in my broken heart, I called out to God, Yeah. and I just said, in my heart of hearts i said god if you're real i want to know you." Yeah, yeah yeah and that really joseph i could tell you a whole lot more but from that moment 2001 i'm 21 years old i gave my life to god yeah, and praise. um wow. a lot of things have happened uh, fast forward you know 10 11 you know 20 years now um i'm in ministry and um so there's a lot of things that happened, but But my journey really started by by leaving the boys in Sydney, Mm. reading about what had happened. I really saw that as a providential thing. So after the break, I'd like to maybe wrap it up with Mm. a few spiritual uh, lessons, I guess. Yeah. And um, yeah, we might land it on the show today. But that's a real bird's eye view. But bottom line, for me, it was 21, lost, no identity, Living for the moment, yeah. living for the boys, and if you know, you know, we're all young.
1: Yeah.
0: When we all were young, and we know what it's like. I mean, for me, I live for the boys. So like, yeah. if anything, I, I love the identity. Yeah. I think that's something I mentioned. And the belonging. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Like, because yep. I grew up, you know, I wasn't really hanging around Tongans Islanders. I, I love basketball, so yeah. Pretty much detached from that. As soon as I met the the boys from my cousin, yep. it was like a community. There was like yeah. thirty of us in. I was like, man, I've missed this my whole yeah, life, and yeah. I think that just fed into the that you know I was just before I knew it, I was I was so immersed in that, I loved it, I mm. really. And mm. look, to be open with you, Joseph, to this day I'm still close with a, a core group of them, okay, very close, yeah. And um, you know, and they're all moved on, you know, they got families and kids, you know, and now there's a whole new generation. Yeah. Like I went, I was in Sydney earlier in the year, uh, in May, and I got. I got so shocked at um, just how old I'm getting that Mm. there's a whole new, you know, there's a whole new generation of these younger boys, like we we call it. You know, they're just, you know, they're the ones doing it now. Mm. So um, we better go to a break, Joseph. And um, when we come back, how about the both of us
1: maybe... A couple of spiritual lessons we've learnt in our journey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and, and and yeah. Just finish off how how you know how God then took you from that twenty-one year old and how you got into ministry straight after yeah, the break. Praise yep. God. Yep. Hey, so we're going to go to our break. We're going to
0: uh, just play a song, and uh, let me just promote the book offer one more time. If you want the book, our book offer for this week changed for life, and uh, it's a book uh, that we'd like to give to you a free copy. And if you'd like a free copy of the book Change for Life, Real Lives in a Real World, uh, we'd like to give that to you free of charge. And uh you need to text the code word, but into the studio here. SA eight four to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. The book again is Change for Life. Real lives in a real world. If you'd like a free copy, please text us. SA84 to that's the code word. Text the code to zero four triple eight. 80811. Don't go back. We'll almost finish with drive time, BQ&A. We'll be back in just a tick.
2: What gift of grace is Jesus my
0: back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. It's with myself, Pastor Wumawala, and my co-host, Pastor Joseph Maticich. We only have a few minutes remaining on our live show, and we want to... Uh, just share a little bit more before we end our show today so pastor joseph we're looking at our theme for today and the rest of this week god is good how god led me or led us and today our topic is lessons from our spiritual journey so in a few minutes we got i thought we would what are some spiritual lessons uh a few lessons that you have learned looking back at your journey and then i'll probably share a couple as well
1: yeah another thank you will yeah Ultimately, the lesson is, as like our, our title is saying, God is good. God is good, and He's good, and I see God's goodness in in how He has led. And hearing just before the break, God led you will, um, from yeah. from you know a, a life of of crime on the streets of Sydney to be the host on Faith FM. Really, you know, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, you you are now sharing the gospel. You are now teaching the Bible. You are now preaching and helping people um, come to discover Jesus Christ. I have that opportunity as well, and um, that that is what I what I really see. And um, yeah, now I want to say that um, ha, um, yeah, God God is good, and uh, yes, He has led, but that doesn't mean that it's always been smooth smooth sailing. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Um, for example, I lost my father um, at the age of 21, when I when I was 21. Really? Yeah, uh, to cancer, um, and um, yeah, too soon, too soon. So um, I prayed, we prayed, many people prayed. He wasn't healed. Uh, he was diagnosed, and within six months, he was gone. So... Um, life hasn't been easy at all, and, and I just mentioned that as one example. And uh, I don't have time to enumerate other other challenges uh, over time. And um, but through it all, God God is a constant there. And I think what I want to say is this: that when I compare, you know, I have a privilege of um, as a as a minister, as a pastor, as a preacher, uh, to be engaged in the opportunity of sharing. Is sharing a message with people that can that that has an eternal significance. Yeah. yeah. Now I, I'm also convicted, Will, that um, God has a special message. For this time of Earth's history, yeah. an end time message. I'm that's absolutely right. convinced of that, yeah. and um, I've dedicated my life to actually sharing that um, at, at every opportunity. Amen. And it's essentially a message to to tell people that Jesus is coming back, coming back soon, and to be ready for His soon return. Yeah, ma'am. That's ma'am. what I'm. That's what I. That's that's my burden. When I sometimes jump on Facebook, very occasionally I have I, I see some of my friends that I grew up with and there's nothing wrong with them. They possibly aren't aren't the type of the the, the streets in in Burwood, Sydney, but, um, yeah, their life is pretty self-centered. It's pretty much just about the here and the now, and I think had I not chosen to follow God, I could have been just so self-absorbed as well um, in that kind of a life and a lifestyle as well. I pray for them. I I think of them. My heart bleeds for them because, yeah, they're just in the here and now. Some lessons I've learned, number one, Number one, no experience with God is ever wasted. Yeah. In God's sight, no experience is wasted. We had three years in Albania. Was much achieved? Who knows? But you know what? That experience was not a waste. Yeah. It's shaped my wife and I. It, it, it built up our faith. It's left a, uh, it's left an indelible impression on us. So that's, that's one thing I want to say. So no matter who you are, no matter what's happened – no, no experience is wasted. Your time on the streets, your time will in certainly in, in, yeah. in Tonga yeah. was not a waste yeah, at sorry. all. Yeah. Um, and subsequent to that, whatever happened. Uh, number two, uh, I want to say um, people always matter the most. Invest in people above anything else. And finally, Amen. I want to say that there's no greater joy than sharing in Jesus with others.
0: Amen. Amen. I love your points. And, uh, probably mine just before we hit, we head off. I think if I kind of look back on my journey, what the lessons I've learned, um, I think the big plan, the big one is that God has a plan for our lives. Yeah. And I didn't realize that, you know, growing up in my late teens um, up to twenty one, didn't realize that there was an awesome God who actually created me with a with a particular purpose. So just this idea of purpose is mm. a huge lesson. Jeremiah twenty nine, yeah, Isaiah fifty
1: five. Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. Exactly. Um, and I, I guess another one is um, you know, going back to the Jeremiah twenty nine text is that you know, God says we'll seek we'll seek him and find him when we search for him with all our heart. Yes. And I, I think I think why people may not encounter God the way that they'd like to could because it's unless you are willing to Commit to God all the way. And it's really a journey of faith. You don't really know what's happening around the corner. No. You've just got to trust in what God says in His Word. So it's just this idea of just, just wanting to. And I believe that's, I was really hungering in, in those early years of that stage of my life. I really wanted to know God. So yeah, I, yeah, a spiritual lesson is, is the more we want to hunger and know God, the more that we will find Him. Yeah. And I think just real, lastly, real quick, you know, I'm reminded of the text in John 10 where Jesus said that he came to give us life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think my third point for me is um, God wants us, God wanted me to be happy. Mm. And I think when I was looking f- out in the world and doing all that stuff I was doing, you know, the, it never really quite f- filled that void that yeah, only God yeah, can fill. Yeah. And I can honestly say to you, sitting here in the studio with you, Joseph, I live a very blessed life. Mm, I'm, yeah. I'm married, Same I have here. a three-year-old. Um, we passed the two amazing churches here and I have a lovely job and I've got wonderful colleagues and you uh, Joseph was one of my leaders here in this conference it's it, every day is a, is a blessing Yeah, and um, I know that God's ways are always the best Yeah, Amen. and if I'd known that in my early years that someone tapped me and said hey well probably people did but I wasn't listening <laughs> but looking back now I can honestly say you know God's ways is the best ways and he He wants us to have an abundant life. Amen. Yeah. So, um, well, thank you for sharing, um, Joseph. And our time is actually up today. So we want to just thank you guys for listening out there. And uh, please do not... Um, Please continue to join in with our team Because Gary and Eric will be uh, sharing on tomorrow's topic He changed my life So essentially our team is going to be sharing their story Of how God has impacted their life And how they have decided to follow Jesus Please tune in and please please tune in tomorrow next time So before we leave I want to leave you with a, a quote from Jesus From the Gospel of John chapter 14 verse 27 He says these words Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next time.